Welcome to WFUV's What's What. It's Tuesday, August 16th. What's What is a daily podcast that explores current events, culture, news, and hot topics in the New York Tri-State area. And includes features and interviews exclusively from WFUV. I'm Isabel Danzis. And I'm David Escobar. Here's What's What in New York. Migrants who recently arrived from the U.S.-Mexico border are getting a warm welcome today from Cardinal Timothy Dolan. He's the Archbishop of New York. The migrants meeting with Dolan are just a fraction of the asylum seekers who have come to New York from southern states over the past few months. They're arriving in the city after Texas Governor Greg Abbott instructed that they should be bused across the country. Yeah, Isabel. So to date, the city says about 4,000 migrants have arrived in New York City by bus from both Texas and Arizona. That's according to the New York City Department of Social Services. Catholic Charities will join the Cardinal in Manhattan in welcoming these migrants. They're set to discuss long-term policies and programs. Part of that long-term solution might include federal funds. Mayor Adams has repeatedly called on the Biden administration for resources to help with the city's influx of migrants. The Bronx hosted a town hall yesterday to address rising public concern over monkeypox. There's currently about 2,300 recorded cases of monkeypox in New York City, and it's disproportionately affecting communities of color. As of right now, 55% of confirmed cases have been reported in Black and Hispanic members of the LGBTQ community. So city health officials are urging Bronx residents to stay vigilant. These are all our brothers and sisters who are getting our, this disease, right? And just because you don't fall in that group this minute, um, you know, be very conscious and be very compassionate about how you're treating others. There's an ongoing debate among medical professionals about whether the disease should be classified as an STI. But for now, doctors agree that monkeypox is mainly spread through close skin-to-skin and sexual contact. Across the Hudson, Governor Phil Murphy of New Jersey announced that mandatory and routine COVID-19 testing for unvaccinated state employees is coming to an end. That means public school teachers, government employees, and other state workers will no longer have to undergo regular testing if they're unvaccinated. Murphy is saying that this action is in compliance with the CDC's guidelines for the upcoming fall school year. He is continuing to urge New Jersey residents to get vaccinated. There are a couple caveats to that executive order. While state contractors don't have to get tested anymore, unvaccinated correctional officers and healthcare workers still have to get tested regularly in order to stay at work. The mandate is going into effect immediately. Back in New York City, Comedy Fest is returning for its 18th year, and this year's lineup is jam-packed. That's right, David. New Yorkers can expect to see big names in comedy like John Mulaney, Wanda Sykes, and Conan O'Brien. Tracy Morgan, Joe Coy, and Jenny Slate will also be making appearances at the festival. This year, the festival is expanding its horizons with some shows scheduled to take place in Long Island City. Comedy Fest runs from November 7th through the 13th. Ticket pre-sale for the individual shows start this Friday. There's another performance New Yorkers should keep an eye out for David. Solange Knowles composed a score for the New York City Ballet. Solange's score will make its premiere on September 28th at New York's Lincoln Center. The score will be performed by some of Solange's collaborators, as well as the New York City Ballet Orchestra. The music will serve as an accompaniment to a ballet performance choreographed by Gianna Rison. The score will be a part of the New York City Ballet's Fall Fashion Gala. The event provides opportunities for fashion designers to create costumes for the New York City Ballet. And now we turn to some sports updates with WFUV's Will Grant. What you got for us, Will? 
Well, summer's coming to a close, and you know what that means, David. Oh, yeah. The Little League World Series. That's right. 16 teams will travel to Williamsport, Pennsylvania for a chance to live out their baseball dreams beginning tomorrow afternoon. In much more serious news, both the Yanks and Mets both suffered embarrassing losses yesterday evening. The Bombers were shut out at home by their division rival Tampa Bay Rays by a score of 4-0. The series will pick back up again tonight at 7. Let's hope for a different outcome. Down in Atlanta, the Mets suffered an interdivisional collapse, which included an eight-run six-inning by the Braves. Mets fans are forced to wonder if their beloved team will suffer another late-season losing streak. The loss ended with a final score of 13-1. to Luckily, the Mets are only guaranteed to go up from here. And finally, fall weather is right around the corner. This means fantasy football is back as well. Choose your first picks wisely and responsibly, pigskin fans. With the WFUV Sports Update, I'm Will Grant. Thanks, Will. New York City is often thought of as a concrete jungle with minimal wildlife besides the notorious subway rat. However, the city is home to many flying creatures. Besides birds and insects, bats also find a place in New York City skies. I spoke with bat experts and attended a bat walk at the Bronx's Wave Hill Public Garden and Cultural Center to get a scoop on these urban bats. Oh, here comes our bats again. Um, Anyone see how many there are? It feels like there's kind of a- That was Danielle Gustafson speaking. And those little clicking sounds you heard, that was the sound of bats echolocating. So my name is Danielle Gustafson. I am just rolled off the board of Bat Conservation International term limits. Gustafson is a bat enthusiast. She first became interested in bats when she went on a trip in 2001 with the New York Botanical Garden and Bat Conservation International. That is an international nonprofit dedicated to saving bats. Since then, she's been ready to go to bat for the bats. So you get these bats that are enormously beneficial. They're super cryptic, and people don't know that they even exist, let alone have needs. And despite the skyscrapers, the concrete landscape, and the bright city lights, bats are a vital part of New York City. Gustafson was one of the founders of the New York City Bat Group. The group was created in 2004, and is dedicated to helping the bats of New York City. According to Gustafson, bats silently help to keep the city's ecosystem balanced and functioning. Bats are one of the keystones of a healthy ecosystem. Katie Gorman is a researcher focused on the federally threatened long-eared bats. In her research, she nets long ears and worked with a maternity colony on Long Island. And they're just, they're a part of the food chain too. So you have any wildlife in cities, they they form an important component of that. So they would support animals that predate on them and then also keeping the insects down. But for Gorman, city dwelling bats also serve an additional purpose. They connect people with nature. They're also just like really cool if you are a kid that goes to you know, Prospect Park or Central Park or something in the evenings, to be able to see them up ahead, it's a connection to nature that you don't necessarily get in urban environments. And that's the thing about city bats. If you look for them, you'll find them. While Gustafson doesn't live in New York City anymore, she still returns to her New York City bat roots to lead bat walks in the city. Uh, insect to eat. Ooh. These bat walks have been a big thing in Europe for years. Gustafson started leading them for the American Museum of Natural History in New York many years ago. They originally didn't have the impact that she wanted. 
we thought, okay, we'll organize this thing and then it's going to take over the United States. You know, bat walks will be a thing. That's not exactly how it worked out. But according to Gustafson, the popularity of these bat walks has started to pick up. I was able to attend a bat walk led by Gustafson and her husband, Bradley Klein, at Wave Hill Public Garden and Cultural Center in the Bronx. Gustafson and Klein led a group around Wave Hill, and through the use of bat detectors attached to their phones, the pair was able to play sounds of the bats echolocating out loud for the group. The sound of the echolocation sounded like little clicks. Through the bat detectors, Gustafson and Klein were able to identify the bats by the sound of their echolocation. And as the sound of the echolocation grew louder, the group simply looked up and saw the bats flying. Big brown, here it comes. Whoa, whoa, whoa. one, two. For both Gustafson and Gorman, removing the stigma that bats are gross, blood-sucking, and scary is very important. And through the bat walk and close proximity to the bats, many people in the audience began showing a change of heart about these flying creatures. That's part of what's so fun about doing a bat walk in Central Park is, or in any park in New York City, is it turns out the bats are there and they're taking care of themselves. And if you can teach someone when to look up to see the bat, they never don't see them again. Just like all the people that make New York City function and make it special, bats work behind the scenes to balance the city's ecosystem. And you can thank them for being on Bug Patrol throughout the city. I'm Isabel Dances, WFUV News. That was my co-host Isabel Dances talking about New York City's urban bat population. And that's our show for today. I'm Isabel Danzas. And I'm David Escobar. Check back with us tomorrow at 3 o'clock for more news, music, culture, and sports. And tell your friends so they can find WFUV's What's What at WFUVnews.org and wherever you get your podcasts.